0: Don't look back with Kaz Tran.
1: For many of us, the 90s was a time of big, exciting changes in music. One group that rode that wave, hard and fast, was Def FX. Led by the charismatic Fiona Horn, with her long, blonde, colourful braids. The body piercings and energy on stage. She was a magnetic performer to watch out front of this distinctive electro rock band. I spoke to her in LA and she told me there have been many songs that were a big part of her life. But one has stood firmly by her side through thick and thin. I think that is
0: the essence of not giving up because you, you just know that somehow things will get better soon
1: and you just keep going. After Deaf FX, Fiona Horn has popped up on radio and TV. She's become a pilot and is also an author of many books about witchcraft. Her latest book, The Naked Witch, is a clear-eyed reflection on a life filled with incredible highs and also the lowest of lows. And she says it's the first time she's written a book since she decided to get sober.
0: I think what comes with sobriety is, uh, like you know, the A word gets thrown around a lot, and it's not alcohol; it's authenticity. Mm. It's like you you kind of you 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 can't white lie your way through life anymore when you're sober. You can't pretend things are all right when they're not, and uh, better than they are, or even worse than they are. It's like life is it's life on life's terms, and uh, I think that tone is is in the book. It's um. Because I I tell you, when I was writing it, I, you know, there were parts where I was sobbing as I wrote mm. and my hands would be too wet. The tears were so much that, that my keyboard would be wet. Like, <laughs> oh, And then there were times I remember when I was in Africa writing, because, um, you know, I wrote this book all over the place as I was going. I went to Africa to do a bush pilot course to be better prepared as a humanitarian aid pilot to fly into remote areas and, you know, that had been through a... Political, economical, uh, ecological crisis, or something. So I can fly planes in with food and doctors and medicine and on a remote airstrip, blah, blah, blah. So there I am in Africa doing this course. And yet at the same time, I've been asked, Oh, you want to write? And I'm writing. And it's like, you know, in the midst of all of that, I remember looking at these elephants and, um, and I was remembering the time that Gene Simmons called me <laughs> so on my cell phone. Well, cell phones were still pretty so big you had to stick them in a purse and put them in your pocket. And and I was like, "Gene, it's Fiona, it's Gene, Gene Simmons. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I think I wrote it in the book. Went, oh, my God, my heart still pounds at the incred- this incredible. I mean, it did. My heart was just pounding sitting there looking at the bloody elephants, remembering something that happened Seventeen years ago or something, it was six, fifteen years ago. My heart was pounding. It's all in us. Time is an illusion. Linear time is just something we've invented. I think mm-hmm. Einstein said that. I can't I can't take any credit for that. But I really think that it's it's an invention because everything, all our feelings, all our experiences are living in us in our hearts, in our souls, in our heads, brain cells, if there's many left of them, <laughs> you know, like it's they're all there. And you just when you when you give yourself permission to really dive in um you relive it and that's where the book was really really hard too because there's some stuff in there that's like it was really hard and i was reliving it and it. i got very depressed writing the book um
1: mm.
0: and like i'd been injected with a drug you know <laughs> of depression right. and you know and, and you gotta i've never been diagnosed with depression so i you know i don't consider myself you know medically depressed but you know that's it was such an overwhelming sense of like uh I was going to say loss uh Mm. it was just hard it was hard to relive it all and yet I knew that um I kept reminding myself how lucky I was to be doing this like that I that anyone even gave a shit Mm. and I should just do it and so I did (laughs)
1: Fiona says the reaction to The Naked Witch has been both fulfilling and inspiring.
0: I remember a long time ago, Rolling Stone voting me Australia, the critics of Rolling Stone voting me Australia's worst female singer. And it was the same year in the Rolling Stone poll that the readers voted me the best singer, <laughs> female singer. So I wondered with this book what would happen. And I once I would have been so attached to whether people liked it or not, and I'm not anymore. I've learned not because I don't care but because I've just learned that that doesn't make me useful in the world. I get all caught up in being attached to the outcome of things. You just need to do the work, show up to life, be authentic, be honest and work hard and let it fall where it may and trust that it's doing what it's meant to be doing and try to stay out of your own way, you know, and that's how I live now and keep it simple like that but the feedback I've been getting from people on social media has been extraordinary. Like this woman wrote, this woman, Suzanne, I won't give out her last name. She wrote on my Facebook page, you know, I'm in my seventies and, you know, you've inspired me. I've realized there's still a few things I want to do. I'm going to go and do them. Mm -hmm. And it's that feedback that just makes, I mean, gives me chills. Yeah. And then another, another guy that was, coming and seeing the band back in the 90s and, and he said you're always so kind to me at shows Fiona and I'm thinking oh that's so lovely to say that and she always said hello and and then he said I teach at a preschool now and the kids love you he said I, mean, I take in pictures of you and they say look this witch doesn't just fly a broomstick she flies a plane too <laughs> and I show the kids pictures of you flying your planes and they love you and I'm like my god this is the feedback you're sort of dream of, you know, where you're just touching people's lives and they're touching you, you know, and it's that's that's where the rewards really come, you know, and I just that's where I feel really, really grateful.
1: That's been happy. And
0: just and just happy, you know, just simply happy. Yeah. And that's the best feeling. It's the very best feeling.
1: We get to the, uh, the the overarching theme, the point of this podcast, which is uh, to look at one song and how it's endured yeah. in, in your life, creative life, personal life, whatever. But a song that remains a constant companion still speaks to you in some way. So I'm really curious what that must be, Fiona Horn. Have you got a song choice oh for my us? God.
0: You know, it's so weird because I trust my first instinct. I trust my first instinct, where, you know, now, especially being sober, more so maybe than in the past, but, you know, that first thought that comes to you, I do it when I'm doing psychic readings, it's that first thought, you know, that's always the right one. And so when I had to think of a song, the first song that came to me, I thought, it's got to be this one. But when you, now that we've been talking for a while, I think of all the songs I used to love to listen to, Detroit Rock City by Kiss. I like night. Bloody hell, Midnight Oil. I, why didn't I put them in the book? But that album, Works, like Surfing in a Spoon, like. God those songs you know that they they just they became they made me
1: when you knew the start, where would last.
0: And yet there's a song that I'm going to tell you that is the one that jumped into my head first and it's soon by my bloody valentine there's something about that song that I heard it in I guess 1990 maybe it came out 91 90 something maybe later I don't even remember but there's something in that song there's a longing and a yearning that and it's so ambiguous you can't really understand the, the words It's it's so it's evocative and soon it's like I think that is the essence of not giving up because you, you just know that somehow things will get better soon and you just keep going. And maybe that song means that. It's also a very sensual song. And when I listen to it, whether I remember dancing to it in the 90s, rolling off my head on E, or whether I danced to it with fire as a sober 51-year-old now, whatever linear time means, I don't even know. I mean, I've been on the planet half a century. Mm. so But the song still evokes this... Amazing sense of freedom, uh, release, and hope.
1: My Bloody Ballantyne, uh, you know, bit, that kind of heavier droning shoegazy yeah. sound. Very romantic Very and so. darkly romantic. Yeah.
0: And I love, I love the dark romance of music. Like I, I actually thank the band all, my, all Them Witches in my book. for uh, All Them Witches is this amazing kind of swamp rock band from, well, some of them are from Nashville. They're from all over. They're, they're like deaf effects now. They're just in different states and countries and they get together and jam and play. Um, but uh, All Them Witches is very heavy, evocative, dark but it's not electronic. It's very rock, mm. and uh, I thank them for providing the soundtrack to my uh, my book. I wrote my book listening to that bloody music. But I also listened to Soon
1: yeah.
0: a lot yeah. while I wrote the book. And you're right. It is that. It's it's dark, romantic. I mean, even songs like A Forest, The Cure. Anything that took me down that dark was was what I loved to listen to. And, yes, I was driving around on St. Thomas, the island I'm living on now, in the car with Midnight Oil on really loud on Spotify, listening to Powderworks, listening to, you know, place without a postcard,
1: you know, and just...
0: I mean, music's everything, really, isn't
1: it? Yeah. But, I mean, like you yeah. said, this, this song came back to you in an instant. Yeah. You know, it,
0: it, fir- it was my first choice, and I have to go with my first choice. And, of of yeah, course. Otherwise, we'd be here for all of eternity playing music. You know, <laughs> Talking which about wouldn't it. Suck, which <laughs> wouldn't suck either, you
1: know? No, it totally <laughs> wouldn't. Totally wouldn't. But, um, you know, are, are you still hearing uh, and and deriving sort of different things from it? Like, when when you hear it? You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: because uh, when you listen to it, like you know every you can make your own words up. It's like uh, it just the words become different every time I listen to it.
1: But it gives you it evokes a similar feeling of yearning, like something else yeah. around the corner awaiting you.
0: yeah, a freedom. And you know it'll probably be the song I'll be hearing in my head when I die. Mm-hmm. When I pass over transition, there's something soothing about it, too.
1: Fiona Horn on the music that has shaped who she is today. If this episode has raised any issues for you, help is available through Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. Don't Look Back is produced by me, Kaz Tran. For more music from your past, present and future, head to doublej.net.au. Next time we shall be enjoying the quietly considered company of black-eyed Susan singer and now author
0: Rob Snarsky with the book that was one of those um, ideal situations where you write something on social media someone sees it suggests you send it to a publisher you laugh it off <laughs> but you know you follow the path and lo and behold you're asked to write more and a book comes out, you know, how does that happen? I have no idea, but it happened to me. So I feel like I, you know, won a lottery or something like that. It was that simple.
1: For more songs that changed it all, subscribe now to Double J's Don't Look Back podcast.